Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. Today we are starting a new series of episodes highlighting each of the 18 critical areas of focus that are part of a bolder way forward. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership at Utah State University, and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And today I'm here with the three leaders who are heading up the area, and we call them spokes in the Wheel of Change of child sexual abuse. First, Laurieann Thorpe, Executive Director of Prevent Child Abuse Utah, Chris Yaden, Managing Director of Supriya, and Jake Neely, Director of the Maloof Foundation. Welcome to all three of you. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Good to be on. As an introduction for our listeners, A Bolder Way Forward is a statewide movement that is bringing together businesses, organizations, and individuals who are either already doing related work around girls and women or are ready to engage and lean into this work. If we're serious about ensuring that Utah girls and women and their families better thrive, we need to create positive change much faster. A Bolder Way Forward leaders are working together to accomplish bold goals in 18 critical areas that require social change. And one of these is child sexual abuse. So let's jump into questions with my three guests today. So Lorianne and Jake, first, please provide our listeners with an overview of child sexual abuse and the spoke work that you're doing. Lorianne? Thanks, Susan. Yeah. In the state of Utah, sometimes we don't realize, unless it's happening to someone we love, what the what the scope of the problem is. In, in Utah, we know that one in seven children will be sexually abused before the age of 18. And that is a problem that we just, I don't think anyone is comfortable with. One in any number is too many kids that have experienced sexual abuse. We know that. And there are so many negative future outcomes that are possible when children experience this in their youth. Generally speaking, a child will be sexually abused by someone that they know and trust. And that loss of trust and that betrayal is has lifelong effects and outcomes for, for children as they grow. So our bold vision is to end child sexual abuse in the state of Utah. To include on that, there's a really important component to understanding the issue that Lauriana just stated, but then also Utah's perceptions of the issue. We found that Utah's Utahns believe, by and large, that it doesn't happen here, that it's not an issue in my neighborhood, my school, my community, and certainly not in my house. Uh, however, the reality, as Lauriana stated, is that it is our issue, and it is something that we all need to take on, to own, and to really consider something that will make change that we want to make change right here and now and so our goal like lauriana said in ending child sexual abuse is to align utah's perceptions with the reality and that is that's the first vision that's the first goal and that is very important for everybody to understand thank you so much jake and lauriana so here's the next question. Chris, I'll, I'll throw this one to you. What are the bold goals your spoke will be working towards for 2026 and 2030? And then also, Lorianne, if you want to jump in as well, how are you measuring that progress? Chris? Yeah, it really builds on what Jake and Lorianne just said. So the long-term vision to end sexual abuse will will never change, but you have to start somewhere, just like Jake said. 
So ARPL goals are really focused on that starting point, which is to change Utah's perceptions around the issue. So our first goal is to increase the percentage of Utahns that believe child sexual abuse is preventable. There's a large majority of Americans and Utahns that believe the issue is not preventable. And if you don't believe the issue is preventable, it leads to apathy. If you don't feel like you can solve a problem, you will be apathetic. So we've got to change that perception because it is preventable. And there are things that Utahns can do to change it. Another example of one of our goals is to increase the percentage of Utahns that believe child sexual abuse impacts their immediate communities. Jake said, Utahns believe it happens to someone else, somewhere else. When we otherize the issue or make it someone else or somewhere else's problem, uh, it's hard for us to engage. So we want to help Utahns understand that it impacts their immediate community and increase the number of Utahns that do. One last example. I was just going to jump in and say, I think that one's so critical. I mean, Lorianne just said one in seven kids in the state of Utah are sexually assaulted or sexually abused. And that means it has to be in our neighborhoods. It has to be in our schools. It has to be all around us probably in our families or extended families someplace. So that's an important belief or perception to move, I think, for for making progress. You're exactly right. And until we understand that it's happening in our own communities, it's, again, hard for us to take action. It leads to a lot of apathy. But when we understand it's our school, our neighborhood, our family, our faith uh, community, whatever, community we belong to. When we understand it's ours, uh, Utahns will change uh, change that rate of, of children that have been abused. One last example is uh, we're working to increase the number of Utahns that know where to find resources to prevent child sexual abuse. Our research shows that Utahns don't even know what resources are available to them, so they don't know how or where to consume prevention resources. We've got to change that because we have some amazing resources here in Utah. In fact, Utah leads the country in many ways in the resources that we provide. Uh, we've got to help Utahns know where where, and how to find those resources. And your three organizations, Sapria Maloof Foundation and Prevent Child Abuse Utah, are the hub of so many of these awesome resources that we want people to know about. Lorianne, anything to add? Just maybe one more note on the problem in the state of Utah. One thing that the prevalence data doesn't capture is what we call non-contact sexual abuse. So that's any time a child is exposed to pornography or sexual imagery or um, pictures are taken of them, anything that doesn't include touching. So the problem is actually probably much worse than what we know of in the one in seven data. So that's something to think about too, right? We really have to protect our kids from these things and make sure that we understand the scope of the problem. We know what resources to access, and then we're able to communicate with our kids and be able to teach our kids to additionally not to, you know, what's appropriate behavior so that they understand and don't perpetuate the problem themselves, become perpetrators of sexual abuse. So these are all things that we're working towards. And I think measuring what our success is, is going to be really important for our efforts moving forward. And so, you know, we'll do 
like all good researchers do with pre and post surveys to measure um, our effectiveness. And we're really excited about the possibility for how this is going to protect our kids in the state. Thank you so much. So Lorianne, what other organizations are currently partners and affiliates in this work? And before I hand it off, I just need to say that we are looking for partners and affiliates and individuals who want to be part of this so that we can change at all levels from statewide policy to families, what families, what parents do. So Lorianne. Well, I think that there have been organizations who have been working on this specific problem for many, many years. And I want to recognize some of that for specifically the Division of Child and Family Services, of course, is the state entity that protects children and tries to um, make sure that think that if something has happened, it doesn't happen again. And we also have partners with the Children's Justice Center that wrote, that does the forensic interviewing of kids who have experienced abuse. And it's they have tough jobs and they've been incredible partners at the table with us. And then additionally, big shout out to um, the Policy Project, who's really picked up this effort and wanted to elevate this conversation in the state of Utah and really look at policy around it. So and then we also have partners like Intermountain Health, Primary Children's Hospital, foundations, donors and volunteers who just have, you know, there's so many people that come to this really wanting to protect children. And it's a very hopeful idea that we can do things to protect children before any harm happens. Thank you so much. And and Jake, how can people get involved? So we've talked a little bit about the vision and the bold goals and, and who's involved right now, but we need so many people involved to really move this forward in the state of Utah. So what do people do? Number one, I have questions like this all the time. People ask, what can I do to help? How can I get involved? And I think acknowledging somebody's mindset at that point is important. Those listening to this are already one step ahead. We've already acknowledged that the problem exists. We've already realized that it's in our communities and con- and consuming this podcast, listening, taking the time to listen to the podcast, you're one step ahead to getting involved and taking your time, your influence, your, your resources to make a difference. And so moving in that direction is absolutely the way to go. The, the next things that, w- that we have coming um, in the structure of the coalition that we've started is uh, built on various working groups. We have working groups in uh, grassroots activism, in policy, in uh, marketing and events and uh, research. And we need people, we want people to join us, to join the, the working groups, to join the coalition and help lead this charge forward. So it's really easy to join. You just reach out. You can reach out to all of our organizations. And then on the website where this exists, Uh, We'll have information uh, that gives you instructions on how to join any of these working groups and connect with us uh, to make that happen. Thank you so much. So anyone listening, you can go to abolderwayforward.org. And in the top navigation, you'll be able to see all of the 18 spoke areas and be able to get to the child sexual abuse uh, webpage that has the information. Now, before we conclude, I want to ask each of you, Any final thoughts that you would like to share? Chris? From my perspective, this issue for a lot of people feels very heavy. 
and can be a downer. But the more I work in the issue, the more that has been replaced with hope that we can do something about it. There's there's no other time in history that we have had the data, the tools, the research to solve the problem like we can today. So I go to work every day hopeful, not down, not sad, not upset. And um, I hope that anybody that listens to this, if there's a little pit in your stomach, keep going, that pit will get replaced with hope because we can protect our children and achieve that long-term vision of ending child sexual abuse. Thank you. Lorianne. Thanks. I agree. It is hopeful work to consider that there are things that we can do. There are ways that we can um, watch differently and look for the problem where it exists, not imaginary bad guys in white vans and parking lots, right? We're really talking about a problem that is close to home and we have to have solutions that are also close to home. I agree with Chris and I'm hopeful every day as well. And I also see the effects daily of child abuse, neglect, child sexual abuse. And I know that there are things that we can do to help and support survivors of child sexual abuse. And let's let's make it so there are fewer. Thank you. Let's have fewer survivors. Thank you so much. Jake, final word. Imagine a world where child sexual abuse doesn't exist. Um, where people aren't impacted uh, by this by this terrible thing that's happened to them, not because of them. Uh, people listening to this podcast, certainly some of us have experienced child sexual abuse, and there is a lot of hope. Chris and Lorianne talked about this. There is a lot of hope. We can move forward. We can look at our lives as we've progressed through the darkest and most difficult things we've ever experienced, and there is hope and there is an impact. Child sexual abuse has impacted all of us because of what happens. Um, um, we work with with people. It's happened to ourselves. We we talk to people. I think almost daily. I would say daily. Um, the impacts of abuse are in our communities, and so this is a problem worth solving. This is an issue worth every single effort that we can give, all day, every day. It is worth it. And so thank you. I would say thank you to any of you who have taken the time to use your resources to make that step forward, because this is the bolder way forward. This is the way that we need to go as a state. Lorianne, Chris, and Jake, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And thanks to Nick Poroff for his technical support. To learn more or to get involved, visit the website of bolderwayforward.org. This movement requires thousands, and I would say tens of thousands of us working together to create positive change for Utah's girls and women, and also families. Please consider joining us. In addition, learn more about the Utah Women and Leadership Project at utwomen.org. Thank you.